Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fantastic afternoon? Daniel, it could not be better. I'm here with you. It's under 100 degrees in August in Phoenix. Life is good. Well, it sounds like the temperature is not maxed out. What is that all about? That has got to be the smoothest segue I have heard. So thank you for that, Dan. So maxing out is about what happens when our mind installs artificial limits. And I've got two examples for you. The first one is a few years ago, I was working out using a fitness app and I had mistakenly read that one of the exercises I was doing uh, required 12 repetitions per set. That's like, okay, cool. And I had gotten really good at lifting a particular amount of weight at 12 reps and I had continued to increase. And about two months into this three month plan, I went back and looked at the app. I had had it pretty well memorized, but I went back and looked at it. And to my shock, it wasn't 12 reps. It was eight. I was doing four more than I was supposed to be doing or than, than the program called for. And, you know, great. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm overperforming. That's terrific. So the next time I went in to do that exercise, um, I thought, I'm just going to keep the 12. Why would I go back to eight? That's ridiculous. I can competently do 12. I've been improving at 12. As I'm counting in my head, when I got to seven, all of a sudden, I felt the weights get heavier. And when I got to eight, I was struggling to lift them. And I thought, man, if this is not a perfect example of maxing out, as we're talking about today, I don't know what is, but I wasn't maxing out in terms of having exhausted my muscles. I was maxing out in terms of what my mind had set for me. There was suddenly this new set point. Instead of 12, it was eight. And now when I approached that number, my body gave out, just like my mind told it to. So this, this really isn't about like, manifestation as such. This is just about those set points that we install knowingly or unknowingly. And by doing so, we set up limits for ourselves. It took me another full week to be able to overcome that and get back to 12. I had to do like some real mental work at home, seeing myself actually breaking through and at the gym, actually breaking through before I was able to get back to the place I had been when my mind had told me that 12 was the goal we were striving to hit. That's what we mean by maxing out. Jesse Itzler, if you've not heard of him, look him up. He's an incredible speaker, very successful entrepreneur, happens to be married uh, to the woman who created Spanx. Uh, so 
collectively, they are both, I think, independent billionaires having each started successful business slash businesses and have sold them or have some acquisition. Anyway, long story short is that he has done multiple books. One of them is called Living with a Seal. I believe that's the title. And it's about living not with the animal, the seal, but actually a Navy seal. And the Navy seal that uh, Jesse Itzler had lived with him or he worked with for this book was a very famous seal named David Goggins. If you've not heard of him, uh, he's also a, a really famous author. He's very extreme. So if you look him up and watch his videos, uh, either you'll take probably the polar sides of, holy cow, this guy's too much, or wow, he's very inspiring and he really motivates me. In either case, what Jesse Itzler learned uh, from David Goggins, the Navy SEAL, is what he calls the 40% rule. And the 40% rule basically goes like this, that when you think you are maxed out, like when you think I can't do one more rep or I can't run one more foot, that you're actually only at 40% of your actual capacity. And who knows, because the reality is this is almost impossible to quantify. But it's a very interesting way of thinking that um, our mind, I think this is probably the proven point, is your mind gives up way sooner than your body is physically capable of like continuing forward. So um, to me, when I hear max out, I think of that story of the 40% rule where your mind will give out when you're only 40% of the way there of what your possible max is. So I think your point's really well taken. I don't know if the number's 40% either, but in a much more recent example this past week at the gym, see the continuing theme here of physical fitness in the gym. This past week at the gym, uh, doing another exercise uh, called a glute bridge, single leg, look it up. Supposed to do 10 aside. I was distracted because I was thinking in my mind of a meeting I had later in the day and going over how I was going to approach this meeting with a, with a client. And I was counting in my mind and I passed 10. And in this case, I guess it would be 40. I got to 14 and thought, oh my God, what have I done? I've gone over. And it wasn't because I went out, it's because or because my body suddenly like literally failed. And if you've, if you've worked out at all, you know, there are those points where you get to failure. It's not a bad thing. You just like, I can't lift anymore. Well, this was, this was actually one of those cases where I was just counting along. Everything was happening almost automatically. And because I wasn't focused on, I can only make it this far. I made it further without much extra effort at all. In fact, didn't even realize it till I realized I was saying a number in my head that I had never said during that exercise, 13, 14, those numbers never come up. It's 10 for that exercise. And it was another example. And it made me think of why we're talking about this topic today, because it made me think back to that first time that I had experienced that and the power that our mind has to create a set point beyond which we won't go, and not just physically, but I think beyond which we won't go in terms of our business, in terms of sales, in terms of what's possible in our relationship, in terms of how much money we can earn, in terms of how much we can give 
our time, our talent, our service. I think we create all these set points where we have those set points created for us and we believe them to be true. And maybe most importantly, we believe them to be fixed. I've always done it this way. I've only gone to eight. I've only gone to 10. I've only given X amount to this particular cause. I've only volunteered twice a year at the shelter. Uh, we only do date night once a month. Uh, I've never made more than half a million dollars, so I can't make more than that. Whatever it happens to be, there are set points that we have constructed ourselves or given to us that we accept as true and as fixed and the lesson that's come out of this for me is as long as we believe that, then it's true. And there's an opportunity here, obviously, for us to do an inventory of all those places in our life where we have those set points and to examine whether or not those are actually something we want to continue to maintain. My favorite saying, if you say you can, if you say you can't, you're right. Um, I think it's attributed to Henry Ford. It may have come well before him, some philosopher. In any case, um, it starts in the mind as what Ken is saying. So your mind has to believe something's possible in order to make it possible. Because if you think something's impossible, your mind tells your body, why try? Because you can't do this, right? This is not going to work for you. I can't do one more rep, whatever that case may be. Um, talking about set points. I love the analogy that's given of a thermostat, right? So everyone knows that if you had your uh, HVAC uh, on, so it could do heating and cooling, and you put, let's say, make up 72 degrees was the set point, right? Um, what it does is if the temperature goes above 72, then the air conditioning kicks on and it brings it back down to 72. And if it were to somehow go below 72, and you have both settings, the heat will kick on and bring it back up to 72. And what this analogy aligns with people is our max is our set point, right? So whether this applies to number of reps we can do, whether this applies to the amount of money we can make, um, we establish a max or a set point in our head where we go, okay, anything outside of this feels uncomfortable. And it almost feels so uncomfortable that you think, ah, oh, like this is an anomaly. Like when it happens, like you, let's say you make more money than, than you've already established is the max amount of money you should be able to make. It can happen sometimes just based on the type of business you're in. And then you'll find a way almost to like self-sabotage and bring yourself back down to where you're comfortable again. Like, whew, I can breathe again. I feel good about this. That is the max amount of money that I feel comfortable with. So anything above that makes me feel uncomfortable. I'll bring it back down. So where this applies a lot is in the area that I focus on, which is sales. Because if you're a commission-based salesperson, you can have a phenomenal month, but it can almost make you feel uncomfortable because it exceeds your max of what you know you're comfortable with. So you almost, again, self-sabotage where you're the average. You'll bring back down like the following month or months. You'll go, okay, this is where I'm more comfortable back down here. So just be aware that it, it obviously is going to start in the mind. Bring it back to the fitness thing, which is where we started this. Um, in hypnosis, we I've explained this in a prior uh, session that I'm able to um, speak to the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind stores these set points, these rules about where we feel comfortable. And in one of my clients, 
we had done multiple hypnosis sessions together and they were a college athlete. And they told me that they have this time where they do these, uh, max like personal record, like PR on different things. And this was, I believe for bench press, and I'm just going to make up this number, just go with it, that their max, uh, potential in bench press was 150 pounds. And I asked if they had tried higher and they said, yes, I once tried 155 and was unable to, you know, go up the full amount. And, um, so in hypnosis, I said to them, or speaking to their subconscious mind, and this person goes so deep, their conscious mind does not have a good recollection or any memory of what I say. So I said, uh, when you're asked how much weight to put on for bench press tomorrow, you will say 160, but for whatever reason, 160 to you will feel lighter than 150. So not only will you be able to easily do it, you'll be able to easily do it two times, two reps. And um, the following week when we met for our session, they were amazed to tell me, you won't believe this. I did 160 and I only did it once. I did it twice. And they had no recollection that I said that to them in hypnosis. So the point is simple. When your mind accepts a new max, right? A new set point, it enables the body to physically do it. It literally, when uh, you're faced with that decision, like, I don't know, what can I do here? Your subconscious mind goes, you can do 160 in this case. You can do it two times. So it has to start with the mind's belief that you can do more, that you're not maxed out at one point. But in order to raise the max, you have to start by believing it in your mind. So start with just establishing a new max and you'll be amazed at how quickly your body can adapt and be able to do it. We have been talking about fitness uh, examples, but I want to want to take everyone to the theater right now. Uh, years back, uh, when I was young and pretty, I was an actor, and uh, I went to audition for a show in San Francisco. I was also ignorant of what I should and shouldn't be auditioning for, which actually served me. So I went to audition for a play that apparently was a huge deal. And I didn't know it. And it was at one of the most renowned theaters in San Francisco. I went in, I auditioned, there were hundreds of people auditioning for very few roles. And I got a producer call back. Instead of calling my acting teacher and saying, hey, can you help me prep for this? I called a friend of mine who said, you have no business auditioning for that. You're not good enough. It was luck that you got it that time. And there is no way that you can rise to the occasion and make it past the producer callback. Shockingly, when I went back for the producer callback, I screwed up and I didn't get it because I had allowed that person to install this new set point in my mind that said, as good as it was going to get was that initial cut for that play. I didn't belong there and there's no way I was going to be able to do as much. And Dan, you're right. It was a hundred percent self-sabotage. I could feel it while it was happening. When I talked to my acting teacher afterwards, she was brilliant. And she just started laughing and said, you got to just let go of it, move on because there's going to be more opportunities. And number two, you got to recognize it was your critic. And we all have one and he sits with you wherever you go. And the key to breaking through that, the key to elevating, the key to allowing yourself to reach a new height, a new set point, is to find a spot in the room, preferably up high, on a rafter, on a ledge, somewhere, and imagine whatever avatar you have for this critic, 
get him out of your head, put him up there on that ledge, let him know that you'll bring him with you later on. But for now, he he's not going to be able to be with you. And by doing so, you'll be free of his influence. It might sound kind of goofy and childish and whatever, but I got to say, it worked for me. It worked really, really well. There was something about the visualization of taking this little gremlin, sticking him up on a shelf, and knowing he didn't have any power over me because he wasn't on my shoulder anymore, couldn't hear him, couldn't even really see him, but it allowed me to rise up to like my true self. And in so doing, it allowed me to progress at a rate that I never would have before. And every time, dutifully, it's like, grabbed him. It's like, come on with me. He became more of a pet than he did a hindrance. And it was in that action, I think for me, there was something about just that taking him, putting him away that let me rise to where my talent was. And then I could just focus on that. And if that's useful for you, give it a try. See if it works. And and allow yourself to rise up to a higher level than your mind and that little critic in your mind has set for you. So there's a famous story of Thomas Edison, and this may or may not be true. It doesn't matter. It's the point of this story, which was that as a young child went to a small classroom of children and was asked to leave, called expelled, whatever, his mom gets a letter and tells him that he's too smart to be in the classroom, that it, uh, and that will say set his life on a path, right? So it's not reality. It's the way that you believe reality to be. So if he had, you know, read this letter that said, Hey, maybe you have a learning disability or you're not meant to be in this classroom. You're not smart enough. Maybe that sends him down a path where he now thinks his max potential is something of a non-intelligent person. But when his mom tells him, no, you're too smart for this classroom. So you're going to be homeschooled from this point forward. Does that set his max potential like at a really high level where now he exceeds the amazing things that we can look back and see that Edison uh, invented, came up with, things like that, that changed history? Um, it reminds me of a story that I had as an individual contributor salesperson. So um, I was assigned a territory with this company and, um, you know, wanting to be a go getter, I was like, okay, I'm going to like, do the best I can. I'm going to max out the potential here. And I set something like 40 appointments um, it, within this territory within the first three or so months. And um, everyone was really impressed. Like, this is amazing. How are you getting so many appointments? And it turns into, I made my first sale, I think like five months in, which the typical sales cycle was longer than six. And everyone was really happy. And then later, what was revealed to me was prior to you being assigned that territory, we had tried for three years and had zero sales. Now, I know this to be true, at least for me. If somebody had told me going in, hey, we gave you this dud of a territory and we've been trying for three years to get sales in there and we've made none, it would have set me up with this expectation. It's like, oh, this is going to be impossible, really difficult. And I would have told myself, I can't do this. Where I just thought, hey, what an opportunity. I'm new in this company, right? I want to prove myself. And I just saw it as open field, you know, like, I'm like, man, I'm going to show how, how well I can do, but without like limits being placed upon me, I can like really just go after it with like full expectations. My max potential is way up here because no one told me otherwise. 
So it's really important, I believe, that um, we decide what's possible and we tell ourselves what we can do versus being limited by what other people tried before us, what other people tell us their opinion is and things like that. So one of the great ways that I know for myself, um, and we're going we're gonna to finish this with a gym example because that's where we started. So this gym example is simple, is that go back to the reps. What almost anybody probably believes they could do would be five reps of something. Hopefully you have a proper amount of weight where you think I can do five reps. So just decide that you count by five and make that your go-to. That is the way I do it. So if I have 15 reps, I just go, I mentally say I can do five. So I just go one, two, three, four, five. And then I just know, okay, one, two, three, four, five. And then one, two, three, four, five. So just count by five. And it gives your brain this like thought of like, I just got to get to five. I just got to get to five and make that the way you think is create something that you know you can do, create something you know is doable as your max, just get there. And then you just get to start over. And then you just get to get the next group of five. I can do that. And then just do the next group of five, whatever number you're doing, just chunk it down to what you know you can do, make that your max. And then you know, you'll be able to be successful. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com.